Hey everybody, it's Chris with the Pub Trivia Experience. I wanted to give you a quick heads up on today's episode. Uh, this episode we recorded, and about a half hour before we started recording, the power went out at my house. So my audio is a little bit off because I had to hook my laptop up with a gaming headset and then bounce off of a Wi-Fi signal on my phone just to get the recording done. I do sound a little bit off. I apologize about that, but I wanted to get this recording done because I don't get to hang out with my buddies Drew and Mike as often as I want. It's a really fun episode. You're going to enjoy it. Now, here we go. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pub Trivia Experience, uh, the Lights Out edition as it turns out. My name yeah. is Chris and uh, I am recording live from a house with no power and the smart thing to do is to use the remaining batteries I have to power my two laptops, my cell phones. Uh, yeah, this is fun, this is fun. Let's uh, We're going to play a little bit of trivia here tonight and I will just set the stage appropriately. This is not a fair game to play because this is literally just... Trivia questions that I wrote that have been kind of banging around the back of my head where it was, if I didn't get these out and into a game of some sort, it was going to drive me crazy. So I gathered two people that can deal with my crazy. Let's start off up first in Huntsville, Alabama. Mike Mott, my friend, how are you doing? What are you drinking? Well, Chris, we have power. So in that sense, at least I'm doing better than you. Uh, overall, though, no, I can't complain. Uh <laughs> Uh, it's, it's been a, it's been an interesting kind of wacky day. So I'm really glad to uh, get the opportunity to unwind with you guys and play some trivia and to enjoy this lovely, tasty beer that I have right here. It is a collaboration between Monday night brewing and someone else who it says collaboration. And then they didn't put the name of the other brewery on the beer. <laughs> I can't find it anywhere, but anyway, so I'm sorry if I'm fucking this up, but, um, yeah, anyway, this is a Southern India pale ale. Uh, I've had it sitting there for a while, and I've been waiting to pop it open. So, cheers. Ooh, that sounds good. Oh, that hits the spot. That's really good. I wish I knew which brewery was collaborating with them on this. <laughs> no, I can't find it. Well, uh, speaking <laughs> of up. collaborations, let's head up to New Jersey. Speaking of collaborations, <laughs> let's, let's, I know, I know. My internet is unstable, okay, so just bear with me. <laughs> As if there was any. Not the only thing that's unstable. Mm. Hey, oh. Drew, my friend, how you doing? What are you drinking? Well, I'm doing all right. Uh, It's a Monday. Got some snow coming in tonight, so that's always fun. But uh, I am drinking uh, very, very uh, delicious uh, Budweiser King of Beers over here. Pop this bad boy open. <laughs> Hadn't seen one of those in a long time. Mm. Well, so we had uh, for our wedding, we did an IPA a, and then just a couple generic beers. And I have a shit ton of Mick Ultra and Budweiser just still sitting in the garage from the wedding. That'll but the happen. beautiful thing is this time of year, they stay cold. Yeah, there you go. 
Hey, I finally found it. There's no re- no wonder I couldn't find the name of the other brewery. It's not another brewery. It's a collaboration between Monday Night Brewing and Run the Jewels. <laughs> like the group. So that's pretty cool. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess yeah, it's my like, turn. It's really good, too. Good job, Run the Jewels. I went ahead and grabbed myself uh, the last of these. They've been in my fridge for a while from the Big Storm Brewery right here in the, I guess, Clearwater, Florida. Uh, whatever. There, there are a couple of locations here, but this is their Bromosa uh, Tangerine IPA, a personal favorite of mine. So, cheers, everybody. Ooh. Yes. Very nice. That is delicious. Sounds like it would be. Well, we are here. It is wonderful, but we are here. We're going to jump right into our pregame. So, the way that tonight's game is going to go is you're both going to lock in. You're both going to play uh, aside from the pregame, you're going to play every question. You're going to have uh, five questions each for the pregame. Then the main game will consist of 10 questions for round one, 10 questions for round two that you'll both play, and then a midpoint game. And then we'll have our three wager questions at the end. Okay. Gentlemen, are we ready? Always. Let's do it. All right. Drew, you are the the newbie here. Do you want odds or evens for the pregame? Uh, I'm a little odd, so we'll go odds. All right. Your pregame category is vexillology. Oh, fuck you, Chris. <laughs> hey, this is this is pretty simple and straightforward. I'm going to give you the name of a state. You just need to tell me, does that state's official flag have words on it or not? Oh, shit. Okay. The All words right. don't have to be in English, but do they have words on it? Yep. Drew, you chose odds. You're gonna get. We're gonna get you kicked off here. We're gonna go a little easy on you. Start off with Drew. You're getting New Jersey. Crap. Um, I want to say no. Oh, Drew, it does. It does. It has a at the very bottom. It has Liberty and Prosperity in a little banner along the bottom, along with the number seventeen seventy six. It's all right. All right. No. No points for Drew. Mike. You're going to get Alabama. Yeah, I saw that one coming. You know, I associate Alabama so much with the Gadsden flag, flag that says, don't tread on me. It's hard for me to get away get away from that. So I'm just going to say yes. No, the official flag of Alabama is literally just like a giant red X. Oh, that's right. I fucking knew that. Duh. Yeah, Alabama yeah. Alabama doesn't I, know how to read. Why would there be words on the flag? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, sorry to our Alabama listeners. Totally Drew, going back to you. Drew, your state is Colorado. No. No is a correct answer. Colorado does not have words on it. It has just one giant letter C, but there are no words. So Drew is going to pick up the point. Mike, you're up next. Your state, New Mexico. Oh, man. Um, I feel like New Mexico does. I have no thunder behind it, but I feel like it does. It does not. No. No, the New Mexico state flag is just a, uh, it's got a, a red a red sun on the middle of it that is representative of the, uh, it's the Zia, or the Zaya people that used to live there. Oh, okay. 
All right, Drew, you got a one-point lead. We're going on to question number five. You're getting a little bit north of you, New York. The better new. I want to say yes. So New York, while it doesn't exactly have a picture of Stan Lee on it, it does at the yeah, bottom have the, words, the word Excelsior. Yep. That's what I thought. Drew picking up the point. All right, Drew, you got a 2-0 lead, Mike. Uh, if he's getting close to home, you're getting hopefully a little close to home. You get California. Uh, California. I can Okay, I can picture it. I lived there for three years. I see the bear. Any words? I think so, yes. Yes, it does. It's got the words California Republic written across the bottom. Nicely done. Okay. All right, Drew, you're up two to one right now. Your state is Hawaii. I can't even remotely picture the flag for Hawaii. I'm just going to uh, coin flip here and say no. You are correct. Hawaii does not have any words on it. Hawaii, though, has the distinction of being the only state flag to feature another country's flag on its flag. Yeah. It does have the Union Jack. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right, Drew, picking up his third point of the pregame. Mike, we're going to you. If Drew got Hawaii, Mike, you're getting Alaska. I th- I'm just going to say yes. No, Alaska's just a plain blue flag with the little dipper and Polaris on it. Just the the eight stars. That's it. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. Drew, uh, to expand your lead, it's currently sitting at three to one. Your state is Nevada. Hmm. Why can't I even picture this flag? Jeez. Uh, I'm going to just say yes. Uh, Nevada has a very, very memorable flag. Yes is a correct answer because in the top left corner are the words Battleborn. In the lower right-hand corner is a picture of a hooker holding a pound of weed. So it's kind of one or the other. Naturally. Mike, you're going to wrap up the pregame with the state of Idaho. <laughs> so as, as, as has become clear by now, I don't know what state flags look like. Um certainly not Idaho's. I, I'm just going to say it says yay potatoes. Yes. <laughs> uh, wrong words, but yes, it does. The state of Idaho, um, it says around the seal. It says the great seal of the state of Idaho. Uh, it's around the logo. And then in the logo, it says Esto Perpetua, so that's above the crest. And then to really hammer the point home, if you forget where you are, Below that, it says State of Idaho. <laughs> you really need to know where you are when you're there. So, mm-hmm. Mike, you're going to finish a pregame with two points. Drew, you're finishing with four as we head into our main game. Our main game, each question is going to be worth 10 points. So, standard lock in rules apply. Uh, whoever does not lock in will get to talk out their logic. Gentlemen, are we ready to go? Hell yeah. Yes, sir. All right. Question number one. Your category is literature. In 1958, which Agatha Christie play that shares a name with a three-dimensional board game became the longest-running play on the West End after 2,237 performances? Chris, I'm about to lock in, but you said this was a very Chris game, and then the first question is literature. I'm confused, but I will lock in. 
Uh, Chris is literally in her last name. Chris T. <laughs> Touche. I'll lock in. Great. That means Ooh. I have to think out loud. I have zero clue whatsoever. Uh, just for just for the laughs, we'll go uh, Murder on the Orient Express, the game. <laughs> uh, Drew has gone with the incorrect answer of Murder on the Orient Express, the game. Mike, what was your answer? I, I'm pretty sure Murder on the Orient Express, the game, is at least one of the cooperatives and not... <laughs> That killed for the people that know how Murder on the Orient Express ends. Um, uh, this is the mouse trap. Oh, yeah. Mouse trap is a correct answer. Mike's picking up 10 points. All right, we're moving into question number two. Question number two, your category is sports. Woo. Hope you're, hopefully you're fans of college football. What former Alabama quarterback turned college football analyst made the hilarious and tone-deaf take that Florida State University should not be in the college football playoff because a team can't win a national championship with subpar quarterback play? This after he rode Alabama's defense and running game to a national championship in 2009. Hmm. You can tell what mindset I was in when I wrote this game. <laughs> Clearly. So college football, not a strength of mine. <laughs> I, yeah, I, not. The, uh, I feel like I should know this, but I, I'm just drawing a blank. But I, I, I remember that was. I'm pretty sure I know what year that was. But I'm trying to remember who their quarterback was because Chris is exactly right. If it's the year that I'm thinking of, it was extremely defensive uh, championship game. Ah. <sighs> And everybody that's coming to mind is more recent quarterbacks. Yeah, 2009 was uh, a heavy drinking, not a lot of college football watching period for me. Fair. All right, I'll lock in. Drew, you're trying to think about Alabama quarterbacks. Uh, I don't know my Alabama quarterbacks very well. Uh, I should be able to get a quarterback from this freaking era, and I can't. So I'm just going to say Mike Mott was the Alabama quarterback uh, that we're looking for here. Um, He is low in stature, but he makes up for it with heart. Mike, what was your answer? I I just locked in with a Lucky Johnson. I'm kind of in the same boat as Drew. I feel like I should be able to pull this up, but I'm just I'm reaching back to that particular time in my life and drawing a total blank. All right. Well, the person we're looking for led the University of Alabama to a lackluster uh, season. That was the LSU game, right? I believe it was LSU. I don't have it in front of me, but I believe it was. Uh, It was was a gentleman by the name of Greg McElroy. Oh, yep. Now that you say it, I would never have pulled it, but now that you say it, I do remember Greg McElroy. The name tickles something, but I would, in a million years, I wouldn't have been able to. I want to tickle something. (laughs) All right. You can tickle my luck, Johnson. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> hey, you called us here tonight. We didn't solicit this. You this is 100% on me. I'll own that. So, <laughs> All right. So with that, no one is going to be getting the points there. Good. <laughs> we are moving on to question point. number three. Question number three, your category is also sports. 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 
there's a theme, if you can't tell, with Florida State University being snubbed of a chance at the college football playoff. It was only the second time in the history of the college football playoff that an undefeated Power 5 conference winner was jumped by a one-loss team. Ironically, on both occasions, both these schools were jumped by multiple one-loss teams. What other team did this happen to in the era of the college football playoff? Locked in. So we're just calling this the Chris is angry and bitter game? Exactly. This is the last one of these, I swear. (laughs) Then I get angry and bitter about other stuff. That's right. Okay, well, that's fine. Um, All right, let me just name a uh, big school that does generally well at football, and we'll just – We'll just say Georgia and uh, shout out to uh, the Spees boys there. <laughs> All right. He's going with Georgia. Mike, what'd you say? Don't ask me why, but I feel like this happened to Utah. So that's what I locked in with. Unfortunately, not a correct answer from either team. This has only happened twice in the history of the college football playoffs, both times to Florida State University. I should have fucking guessed that. <laughs> <laughs> the 2014 undefeated team. With a Heisman Trophy, a returning Heisman Trophy winner, our quarterback was jumped by two one-loss teams to be the number three seed in the playoff. All right, I have vanquished my anger. I have flushed it down a proverbial toilet. We are moving on to question number four. And question number four, your category is in the stars. I'm a Taurus. I like long walks on the beach. Um. Literally how I introduced myself on this show in episode one, except cancer. <laughs> yes. Here is your in the stars question. The star in the right shoulder of the constellation of Orion is shining about 40% brighter than normal as it appears to be going supernova. This star shares a name, but not a spelling with an iconic 80s movie and character. And just you wait, that movie is getting a sequel in 2024. Name that star. Locked in, sir. Mike, talk uh, it out. It, it, it took me a little longer than, than Drew, but I am pretty sure this is Betelgeuse. Don't say it two more times, though. Yeah, same answer. Betelgeuse. Betelgeuse, Betelgeuse, Betelgeuse is a correct answer. You're both back on the board. Nicely done. Still my favorite gag on community. One of them anyway. All right. Well, we are moving on to question number five. Your category for question number five is movies. Speaking of Beetlejuice, (laughs) this woman has dominated the time between Halloween and Christmas after appearing in not only Beetlejuice, but Home Alone, The Nightmare Before Christmas, and Surviving Christmas. Name this two-time Emmy Award-winning actress. Locked in. Locked in. All right, Drew. Uh, O'Hara. Mike. Uh, I locked in with Catherine O'Hara, yes. Catherine O'Hara is a correct answer. You're both picking up the points. We feeling better now? We got out of the college football anger. We're into more pop culture, Chris stuff. (laughs) All right. Here comes another sports question. <laughs> well, Mike, you wanted to, you know, you're hoping that we would be kind of out of the the woods and the tough questions. We're moving on to question number six. Your category is geography. 
Oh, I knew that was coming at some point in a Chris game. Come on. It was coming. Considered by many to be the most dangerous body of water for fishermen in the world. What sea spans the gap between the United Kingdom and Norway? Oh, Drew, that's a sexy look right there. That's a stinking yeah. look. I'm going to lock in. Uh, well, then, uh, uh, the North Sea. All right, Drew's going to the North Sea. Mike, what did you say? I also locked in with the North Sea. The North Sea is a correct answer. <laughs> I was like, the only thing I can remotely think of in that general area is the North Sea. So That's, what I, that's where I was, too, yeah. Like, don't overthink it. Yep, ex- exactly. I, that's what I was. I, I same exact thing. I was like, man, I'm just that my brain kept coming back there. So, well, there we go. We're on to question number seven. Your category here is television. What iconic TV show that ran for an astounding 635 episodes before it ended in 1975 featured all of the following actors in guest starring roles: Leonard Nimoy. Burt Reynolds, William Shatner, Jodie Foster, Kurt Russell, Richard Dreyfus, Dennis Hopper, and Harrison Ford. Oh, and I could have mentioned so many more. I'm not going to make you list the actors, but can you just repeat the first half of the question again, please? What iconic TV show that ran for an astounding 635 episodes before it ended in 1975 featured all of those actors? You know what? I'm just going to lock in. All right, Drew, talk it out. Wow, he keeps doing this to me. Um, I don't have a shot here. I think I'm too early. But the the show I can think about that ran a shit ton was Gunsmoke, so I'm going Gunsmoke. All right, Mike, what did you say? I, I had the exact same thought process. I thought it was a little earlier, but when I think of a really long-ass running show from the earlier era, from pre-me, basically, I think of Gunsmoke. Well, Gunsmoke is a correct answer. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love our confidence. I didn't realize it ran that late, like, up until 75. Yeah, it it ended at, like, uh, I don't know, I forgot how many seasons it went, but yes, it went on for a long, long time. All right. Well, we are moving on to question number eight in the first half of our game. Question number eight, your category is Obligatory leftover food question. <laughs> uh, General Sass chicken. No. Nah. Here we go. Considering that salt is a mineral and not a spice, pepper is the best-selling spice in the world. What spice is the second best-selling spice? And if you want, I can give you the name of plants that the spice comes from. I mean, I'll leave it up to Drew on that one. Sure, let's take the let's take what it'll give us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The two plants that I have here are the Brassica nigra and the Brassica juncia. B R A S S I C A nigra is N I G R A and juncia J U N C E A. I will also mention those are just two of the varieties of plant that make this spice. There are others. Oh, okay. You said pepper is the number one. Pepper is number one. We're looking for the number two best-selling spice in the world. I'll lock in. Begrudgingly, Mike, talk it out. Hmm. Uh, The negras thing gets me to to something black, and then the juncia thing sounds like it could be yellow. 
Um, so I'm just trying. That's where my brain is. I'm trying to come up with spices. It, it, it is oh. the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're right. Um, I can't think of a black variety of it. When I think of yellow, I think of curry. Curry is very popular in a lot of places. Popular here, but it's very popular in a lot of other places. I'm gonna say curry. Now Mike's gone curry, Drew. What did you say? I went a little different, and I went cumin. Uh, you both went a little bit different. Neither one of you picking up the points. Mike, I thought you were there with yellow. It's mustard. Is it, is it mustard? Oh. I actually mustard was my first thought, but I couldn't place black mustard. So I went away from it. That's funny. It is mustard. All right. Well, no points there. We move on to question number nine. Your category is more leftover food questions. <laughs> It's like there's a reason that we did not participate in the foodie tournament. <laughs> Introduced in 1937 and popular in Hawaii, Spam is sold worldwide across six continents. The brand name Spam is a combination of what two words? I knew this at some point. I, I definitely knew this at some point. It's same. That's, that's why it's driving me nuts. Spam. I'm, I'm literally singing the weird all song spam to see if I get anything from it. I I, I don't have it. I'm going to lock in. All right. I, I too am going to lock in with nothing. <laughs> all right. Drew, what's your answer? I'm, 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 I'm tapping here. Oh, Drew is tapping. Mike, what'd you go with? Effectively the equivalent of tapping. I just said special ham. You're so close. I, I know I am, and it's bothering me. The AM is ham. No. The XP is spiced, spiced ham. I didn't. I 100% knew that. Yes, I did. Damn it. All right. Get away from special. <laughs> I am special. My mom always said so. You think you're special. You do. Wow. Limp Biscuit reference on this episode just happened. All right. I can see it in your eyes. I can see it when you look at me. Look down on me and walk around on me. All right. Question all right now all of our listeners are gone. Thank you for that. Hey, Let's Mike, keep if we have just one more fight about your leadership. <laughs> yeah. Chris, Chris is going to do it his way. his way or the highway. <laughs> Question at number 10. This is going to end the first half of the game. This time he's going to let it all come out. I, I am emptying the bag here. This is the last leftover food question. <laughs> I feel like it's well documented that nacho cheese are the best flavor of Doritos. And if you disagree with that, you're quite obviously wrong. However, Doritos were first invented at Casa de Fritos back in the 1960s. Casa de Fritos was a restaurant inside which U.S.-based theme park? This is a fantastic question. Did you give a specific year or just 1960s? 1960s. I'll lock it. Um, I mean, when you think of theme parks that are around in the 60s, the obvious choice is like Disneyland. Um, am I going to be able to come up with anything else? Um. Maybe, but I'm just going to say Disneyland. All right, Mike went Disneyland. Drew, what'd you go with? We once again had the same logic, and I went Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) Disneyland is a correct answer. Nicely done, both of you. (laughs) 
So you you all went one for three on the foodie trivia. So <laughs> it's not too bad. Nah, it's like nah. a re- that's like a, a, a reverse meatloaf. <laughs> that sounds well, like Mike a sex would do anything for love, but he would do that. <laughs> right. I just, it's foodie trivia, and you brought up meatloaf in a logical <laughs> way. <laughs> I don't even think about it being booty trivia. <laughs> all right, we're all right. Coming out of the first half of the game, Mike, you have a sixty-two to fifty-four lead. I'm coming for you. Here's how your halftime round is going to go. I'm going to encourage you both to grab a pad and piece of paper and a pen, because this is one hundred percent a game that Chris wrote. So Chris had fun with his halftime question. Here is your halftime question. This is a matching game. Now, for our listeners at home, this I would encourage you, if you've got a pen and paper, to grab one, because this is you're going to max 10 different things together. Fuck me. I am going to give you the final phrase said by a character during Avengers Infinity War, and you have to match it with that character. Yeah. So I'm going to list off 10 phrases, and then you have to tell me which of the 10 characters I give you said each phrase. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, sir. Let me know when you're ready for phrase number one. Actually, you know, it might be easier if I gave your your people first and then your phrases second. So I will give you your 10 characters in alphabetical order. Okay. Your 10 characters are Black Panther, Drax, Falcon, Gamora, Loki, Mantis, Scarlet Witch, Spider-Man, Star-Lord, and Vision. Oh, boy. Is it bad that I'm writing down their last phrases as we go? (laughs) We'll see if you're right. But going one more time, that's going to be Black Panther, Drax, Falcon, Gamora, Loki, Mantis, Scarlet Witch, Spider-Man, Star-Lord, and Vision. Here is the first of your matching quotes. I love you. Quotation number two. We got a Vision situation. Question number three, or quote number three, I'm sorry. Quote number four. You will never be a god. Question number five. Oh, man. Number six. You could never. Number seven. No, this isn't love. Number eight. Something is happening. Number nine. This is no place to die. And number ten. Quill? What was number six again? I'll repeat them one more time. Number one, I love you. Number two, we got a vision situation. Number three, I'm sorry. Number four, you will never be a god. Number five, oh man. Number six, you could never. Number seven, no, this isn't love. Number eight, Something is happening. 
Number nine, this is no place to die. And number ten, Quill. While you guys think, I'm going to get another drink. Yeah, I'm going to get another drink, too. Lock in whenever you're ready. I think I'll lock in. Oh, this is going to be bad. <laughs> Keep in mind, these are each worth two points. So you got a 20-point swing with the halftime yeah, round. Exactly. An extra 20 points he's about to go up on me. Yeah. I, I, I was overconfident on a few of these. Actually, I shouldn't say I was overconfident. I thought I would know them when I heard them. The ones that I couldn't write down. <laughs> All right, we're going to go through these one by one. Mike, before we do this, did you grab another beer? Tell us what you got. I did, uh, and I know you'll appreciate this. Um, I just reached to my beer and, and my beer. Fuck. I just reached to my fridge and grabbed, my, <laughs> grabbed myself a good old-fashioned sweet baby Java. Oh, it's so good. So good. Slight, slightly different from the uh, Southern IPA I just had, but uh, I didn't have any other IPAs. I'm still got, I still got a bunch of porters in my fridge from when it was really cold. And I think the cold weather's over here, so I went ahead and got a beer, too. From the Kona Brewing Company, this is their Longboard Island Lager, because it's almost summer here in Florida. That's respect. <laughs> That's a good lager. It's a really good lager. All right. We're going to go piece by piece through this. Question number one, who said it? Whose final words in the movie Avengers Infinity War was, I love you? Drew, what'd you say? Uh, I threw out a Scarlet Witch. Mike, what did you say? I, I was between two, and I did, but I did ultimately settle on Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch is not a correct answer. It, it's Vision, yep. I love you is vision. All right. So no points for question number one. Question number two is we got a vision situation. Mike, what did you say? Uh, struggled with this one too. Originally thought this might be Scarlet Witch, but then it felt like it might've been uh, Falcon. Cause I, I thought his last words were just saying cap or something like that, but uh, maybe that it was, we got a vision situation. Sounded like something Falcon would say. Drew. Thousand percent sounded like something Falcon would say. 100%. It is a, a Falcon quote. So two points for each of you there. Number three is, I'm sorry. Mike? <laughs> this this was one of the ones I wrote down before you started reading them. This is Spidey. Drew? That was the only one I knew immediately, and that's Spidey, Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I just wish he wasn't dying in Brian Nash's arms when he said it, but... <laughs> I tried to get picked the Spider-Man. I'm sorry. Number four, you will never be a god. Drew, who said that? Black Panther? Mike? Uh, it was Loki as he was being choked out by Thanos. It was Loki. It's at the very beginning of the movie, too. Loki yep. dies at the beginning, and he's getting choked. Uh, yeah, it's brutal. It's a brutal scene in a PG-13 film, but Mike's getting the extra yeah. points there. That was Loki. It's a hard PG-13, man. It is. It is. All right. Uh, number five. Oh, man. Drew. Star-Lord. Mike. Yeah, this was one of the ones that they actually showed in the original trailer uh, that they did, um, but you had no idea what the context was. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely Star-Lord. It is definitely Star-Lord, both of you picking up the points. 
Number six, you could never. Drew. Uh, well, I went vision here. Mike. I, it, that, that, was, that, that was my coin flip. I went vision. That one was Scarlet Witch. Yep. I think I think they say it to each other earlier, and then it's as yep. Thanos is doing it, they flip flop the words back. So no points there. As you go on to number seven, no, this isn't moment. love. It was <laughs> Mike. Who said no? This isn't love. Uh, that would be Gamora right before she gets thrown off of the cliff. Drew, that would be Gamora. Gamora dying on a Vormir is a correct answer. You're both picking up the points there. Next one here. Something is happening. Drew. That was where I mistakenly put Loki. Mike. Yeah, of the Guardians, the one that I couldn't quite remember what they said was Mantis, but I knew I'd hear it as soon as I as soon as you said it, and that was it. That is Mantis. That's correct. Mike picking up the extra points there. You're up right now four on Drew. We've got two plays left. Who said this is no place to die? Mike. Uh, that was uh, Black Panther because it was the shock of you see his hand reaching out and all of a sudden it starts turning to dust. And the person behind us in the theater, as you recall, screamed out, no! Yes, they did. <laughs> that was an amazing moment. Drew, what would you say? I had Mantis here. All right. And last one, number 10, Quill. Drew. Drax. Mike? Yep, Drax. All right. Let's go ahead and tally up some scores. I've got Drew. You're picking up 10. Mike is picking up 16 points. Checks out. All right, your scores going into the second half of the game. Drew has 64. Mike, 78. It's anybody's game. These questions are all worth two, uh, 10 points apiece. Question number one, your category is geography. (laughs) All right. Gentlemen, almost half of what state's population live along the Balcones Escarpment, which is also the name of a distillery in the state. The Balcones Escarpment is situated between the drier Edward Plateau and the wetter coastal cities that allows for surface water Sorry, allows for surface level water inland, making this area desirable. That was in English, right? I I don't even know what the fucking escarpment is. Almost half of what state's population lives along the Balcones Escarpment. Balcones, by the way, is also the name of a distillery in the state. The Balcones Escarpment is situated between the drier Edward Plateau and the wetter coastal cities. This allows for access to surface level water inland, thus making this area desirable. What state am I talking about? I'll lock in. All right, Mike, talk it out. Well, the phrase coastal certainly at least narrows it down. Um, to be honest, the first the first state that popped in my head was California, but is because I know the vast, vast majority of the California population does live on the coast, but I mean, could it really be so, so dramatic as that? And then of course I just keep going up the West coast thinking about the other things. Um, I don't, I don't have, I don't have any, again, a strong inclination, but go with your first gut. I'm just going to say California. 
All right, Drew, what did you say? Yeah, I was running through coastal states in my head and basically pretty much the exact same logic went California. Unfortunately, California, not a correct answer. Uh, this state got in a little bit of trouble in one of, a, one of its more populous cities when a hurricane came through. This would be Texas. Ah, okay. Hmm. And Balcones is a, a whiskey manufacturer, whiskey distillery in Texas. So, okay. We are moving on to question number two. Question number two, your category is an empire state of mind. The New York City Marathon is one of the most popular marathons in the world. It encompasses all five boroughs and ends in Central Park. It begins in which New York borough before crossing the Verrazano Narrows Bridge into the second borough? So we're looking for which borough the New York City Marathon begins in. Lock in when you're ready. I'll lock in. Hmm. I'm just place. I'm placing. Trying to place all the boroughs in my head. It ends in Central Park, so I am going to say Queens. All right, you've locked in with Queens, Drew. What'd you say? I'm going to say Staten Island. That was my second guess. I was between. I was thinking Staten Island was my second other one. Well, it does start in Staten Island, and the Verrazano Narrows Bridge, I believe, connects it over to Brooklyn. Then going into Queens and up into the Bronx and ending in Manhattan. So Drew's picking up the point. Staten Island is correct. Nice to done, Drew. We got ourselves a ball. That's a, that's a homer question for me. So <laughs> We are on to question number three. Your category is winning in Wrigleyville. On November 4th, 2023, the Northwestern Wildcats football team lost to the offensively challenged Iowa Hawkeyes in a college football game, a final score of 10-7. to 7. This game was played in the friendly confines of Wrigley Field, where my beloved Chicago Cubs play their home games. Within one either way, how many Cubs home games had a higher combined score than this college football game? In the same year? In the same year. Okay. Combined score? Mm-hmm. Home games, you said? How many games, <laughs> Cubs home games, How many Cubs a home higher games? combined score than the 10-7 to 7 Hawkeyes game? Hawkeye-Northwestern game. Okay. And I'm sorry, the year again? Uh, 2023. So last year. You have, a one, you have a one leeway either way. I'll lock in. All right, Mike? Um, I didn't say it was I good mean, trivia, by the way. I just said I wrote <laughs> trivia. No, it's fun. This fun question because uh, there's there's a lot of you know. Okay, so you figure okay, eighty one home games, boom, right there. So break that down. How many of those in in how many of those did the teams combine to score more than seventeen runs? That's a pretty high baseball, high scoring baseball game. So you kind of just break it down to okay, what do I think that was? Was it one in ten? That's eight. You know, was it more? If one in nine is nine, and you just sort of walk it up. Um, I, I am, I mean, it, it feels like it'd be, a, I don't know. I'm going to lock in. I'm going to lock in with a lucky 13. I'm going to say a Baker's dozen. Drew, what'd you go with? Five. Well, Drew, you're picking up the points. The correct Damn. answer is six. Damn. Drew coming out of halftime trailing and has now got 20 points back up on Mike. Moving on to question number four. Your category is in strike two. The WGA was on strike for 148 days. 
SAG-AFTRA was on strike for 118 days. Both of these unions failed to reach an agreement with the AMPTP prior to the strike ending. While we all know what WGA and SAG stand for, what does AMPTP stand for? And that is Alpha Mike Papa Tango Papa. I'll walk in. Drew, talk it out. All right. Um, American Motion Picture and Television Producers. Mike, what'd you go with? Very similar. Uh, I couldn't remember if it's association or alliance. I went alliance of motion picture and television producers. That sounds better. It sounds better because it's right. Alliance of motion picture and television producers is a correct answer. Mike's picking up the 10 points. All right. He gets it back, man. He does. He does. (laughs) Question number five. Your category is literature-ish. Literature? Coming at you. What two-word, four-letter phrase was popularized by a character in a 1995 1995 film by Amy Heckerling that is based on an 1815 Jane Austen novel? Lock in. Yeah, I mean, you had me at Amy Heckerling. uh, You want the phrase, correct? Looking for the phrase. As if. Drew? As if. As if is a correct answer. Picking up 10 points each, and we're moving on to question number six. I, I literally use the phrase, there goes your social life, to a, <laughs> a girl who said something about balls this weekend. Wow. Well, question number six is, it's not TV, it's HBO. So weird thing, real quick. You said it's not TV, and my brain and me filled in. It's DiGiorno. So. That's what I just said out loud. Okay. I was like, it's DiGiorno. <laughs> Our brains are in a disturbingly similar headspace. Okay, anyway. Let's see if that helps on this question. Throughout the run of the wildly popular show with a disappointing ending, Game of Thrones, several glasses of wine were consumed on screen. To no one's surprise, Tyrion Lannister consumed the most glasses of wine throughout the run of the show with 94. Of the members of the Stark family... Which member consumed the most? Question. Are we considering Theon part of the Stark family? Does Theon have any lineage to the Stark family? By birthright. Okay, fair. He was he was his ward, so that's why. He was a ward, but he is not. For the purposes of this, yep. he does not count. Yep, totally fair. Although that's what he went through, he needs a couple glasses. True. And just so you know, my asshole puck there a little bit because I'm like, I don't think Theon's a Stark, but is he? <laughs> kind of there. I, I don't even think he'd be the answer regardless. I just was trying to get you on a technicality. Well, the, the fun thing is you said wildly popular HBO show with a disappointing ending. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a Sopranos question. <laughs> so, so, so was I. <laughs> I'll, I'll lock in. All right. Mike, whenever you're ready. All right. I'll I'll tell you this is where my my brain is going. Uh, I'm going through members of the Stark family. Okay, um, I mean Jon Snow technically has Stark lineage, so it could be him. Uh, but I'm I'm, I'm part of, part of it's going. A lot of the members of the Stark family, like it's probably not 
hold on, spoiler alert, it's probably not Ned. <laughs> it's, you know, I mean, Catelyn and Rob last a little bit longer. Um, Sansa seems like a pretty strong bet. I feel like Arya was maybe too young, Bran and Bran and um, uh, the little kid whose name's currently escaping me are probably the same. Because uh, he, I mean, but so I'm kind of between, I'm kind of between John and and Sansa. I am going to say Jon Snow. All right, we got Jon Snow there, Drew. What are you saying? I took the other side of his coin flip because of all her time in King's Landing. Uh, yeah. As fucked up as her her life was there, she had the most stable uh, court life of any of the Starks. So I'm assuming that involved more on-screen wine drinking. So Tyrion Lannister by far the most. Uh, next up, with 28 glasses of wine consumed throughout the show, is Cersei. Cersei yep. would have. Well, I would have been my number two with the bullet. If you had yeah. just straight up asked for number two, I would have had that. Yep, same. Uh, number three, with sixteen glasses of wine consumed, is the Hound. Yeah, that makes sense. Then fourteen is Tywin Lannister. Hmm. Before getting down to thirteen is Bronn. In his short run on the show, Robert Baratheon consumed twelve glasses of wine. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. That tracks. Mike, I'm glad you asked that question because Theon is next with eleven. Ha, okay, he is up there. Okay. With number 10 is a tie. Walder Frey had 10 glasses of wine. May he rot in hell. Indeed. The other number 10 is the correct answer. It's Jon Snow. <laughs> Drew, Santa, I thought... And Drew, Santa came in at eight glasses of wine in the show. Uh, Drew, I thought for sure when you took the other side of the coin flip that you had it. <laughs> I thought for sure I did too. <laughs> I was sitting here smugly going, oh, he took the wrong side of that flip. Yeah, you know, I and I was sitting here going, fuck, I took the wrong side of it. Because your your logic was, was basically my logic, but it just felt like, I don't know. We're moving on to question number seven. Question number seven, your category is art. Just what you thought you'd expect to in a, expect in a uh, Chris game. I'm, I'm going to blind lock in with Garfunkel. Off of I-90 in Chamberlain, South Dakota, you'll find a statue done, di- done by Dale Lamphere titled Dignity. This statue was specifically designed to honor the culture of two subsets of Sioux Native American tribes. To use the artist's own words, Dignity represents the courage, perseverance, and wisdom of the blank and the blank culture in South Dakota. What two Sioux subcultures was the artist referring to? I feel like whatever I lock in with, I'm going to offend our many Native American ancestors or or listeners. I don't have any Native American ancestors, but yeah. If you want, I'll throw this out to you. You're both going to be a little perplexed by this. I'll make it so that you can give me one answer for all the points and then a backup answer for a bonus two. I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm fine with that. Give me one of the two subcultures, and then for a bonus two points, give me the other. I'll lock in. All right, Mike? (laughs) I I am uh, woefully ignorant of uh, Native American tribes and and all of that. Um, So... 
<laughs> but being that it's in South Dakota, my my instinct was to lock in with the Dakotas and then um uh pick another one, the the Apache. I, I don't know. Drew, what'd you say? I said Lakota and then I had nothing for my bonus. So to be clear, Drew said Lakota and Mike said Dakota? Correct. Because those are the two correct answers. <laughs> Damn it. I was like, I thought I had him. When you, read, when you read there was two, I was like, well, I can only name one. And then when you're like, I just named one, I was like, yes, I got this. <laughs> See, and when you said yours, I was like, shit, is it Lakota? Is there not a Dakota? I thought there was a Dakota. There's a Dakota fanning. Surely there is a Dakota. Oh, my Lord. Well, oh, God. We are on to our last three questions of the game, and I'll tell you, these three questions kind of go together, and they're all loosely based around U.S. history. Question number eight, your category is in presidents. You could technically argue that this two-term 19th century president survived two assassination attempts in a single day when an out-of-work painter named Richard Lawrence drew a pistol on the sitting president. That pistol misfired, so he pulled another pistol out, and that pistol misfired as well. What president was this? I'll lock in. Mike. Hmm. Um, I, I don't have anything to go on here besides I was, I was starting to scribble down listing the two-term presidents in the 19th century. <laughs> Uh, and based on your your phrasing, I was assuming it was probably a complete two terms. So there were a couple I was discounting. Um, I'm going to assume it was also a consecutive two terms, which allows me to count out Cleveland. Um, I'm going to assume both terms were served during the 19th century. So um, not that that really even matters because that is covered by the complete two terms thing. Um, you know what? I, my brain kind of went to Ulysses S. Grant. So I'm just going to say that. Drew. Um, I went with, uh, Andrew Jackson. That was my other guess. So <laughs> well, Drew is picking up the points. Yeah. It is Andrew Jackson. I Jackson, vaguely that, remember that story. That, that was a classic going against my gut because my first thought was Andrew Jackson. I'm like, that's way too easy. And I kept thinking and I should have not stopped thinking, Mott. Damn it. Nicely done, Drew. Nicely done, Drew. That's right. Next up, we're moving into still tangentially related to U.S. history. We're going to go ahead and call this one the language question. Question number nine. After the failed assassination attempt, Andrew Jackson believed that the responsible party was what former friend turned political foe. This senator from Mississippi's last name is a synonym for a nerd and was name-dropped in the young MC hit song, Bust a Move. After a failed assassination attempt, Andrew Jackson believed that the responsible party was what former friend turned political foe. This senator from Mississippi's last name is a synonym for a nerd and it was name dropped in the young MC hit song, Bust a Move. I'm using the term name dropped. It's just using the synonym version in the song. I will lock in. All right, Drew, it's over to you. I'll, I'm between a couple here. What could you, what could you 
have as a synonym for nerd that could be a last name, I'll say either Dweeb or Poindexter. Uh, let's go Poindexter. Mike, what did you say? I didn't get as far as Dweeb. I just said Poindexter. You are staring at the wall like you're a Poindexter. That is a correct answer. All right. Well, we got a hell of a game as we go into the final question of the main game. Mike, you're sitting at a 138 to 134 lead. Question number 10 in this game. Again, same kind of theme. What man, perhaps best known for his view while being held captive on a ship on September 13th, 1814, was the Attorney General for the District of Columbia and prosecutor against Richard Lawrence during the trial for the attempted assassination of Andrew Jackson? Locked in. I have zero fucking clue, so I'm going to throw out a Lucky Johnson and call it a day. Mike, I think you picked up on the hint there. What was your answer? I I figured it's got to be Francis Scott Key. Best known from his view of being held captive on a ship during the War of 1812, Francis Scott's key is a correct answer. I don't know how I didn't pick up on that. Holy crap. All right, your score's going into the wager round. Mike has got a 148 to 134 lead. Here's how your wager round's going to go. You're going to wager your points any way that you want based solely on three categories. The caveats are must wager whole numbers, cannot wager negative numbers. Why do I have to explain that to people? I don't know. And then because I've done yeah, both? Probably. Uh, but also, your total wager cannot, mat, cannot exceed your current score allotment. So, with that being said, your categories are music, current events, and sports. Go ahead and lock in your wagers as we hear a word from today's sponsor. Hey there, PTE Network listeners. Do you like fantasy sports? Pouring over stats and trash-talking your league as you take home the trophy? Do you dislike fantasy sports? Have no idea what PPR is and prefer to keep it that way? No matter how you answered those questions, this podcast is just for you. On draft days, we play fantasy sports, just without the sports. Instead of drafting athletes, we draft anything. Fictional dogs? Sure. New metal bands? Absolutely. Breakfast cereal? Why not? Everything is up for grabs as we try to build the best fantasy teams possible. The best part? I made up a bunch of rules that allow us to score points so someone gets to walk away the winner. Listen along as my guests and I have a few drinks and have a lot of fun building fantasy teams out of whatever we feel like. Starting this February, you can join me, your old pal Jeffy Donuts, every Wednesday for new episodes of Draft Days. That's D-R-A-U-G-H-T-D-A-Z-E. It's a pun. It's a beer pun. Wagers are locked in. We're going to go ahead and go through these here. Question number one, the category is music. Hey, Drew does have a full head of hair. I do. Lucky bastard. All right. I just shaved it for shits and giggles. Dude, your hair, I would take your hair in a heartbeat. (laughs) I'm very mad you shave your head. It's just easy. I am am literally a half a centimeter away from having a full-on freaking uh, Eddie Munster. So, all right. Don't talk about what I'm a half centimeter away from. Anyway, please go. Wager around question number one. Your category wasn't music. Here's your question. 
Heavy metal band Disturbed has been covering popular songs for a long time. Whether it's their heavy metal cover of Land of Confusion or their melodic cover of Sound of Silence, they continue to put their spin on classic songs. But what Tears for Fears hit did they cover on their debut album, The Sickness? I hate you so much, Locked In. Yeah, I'll lock in. All right, we are moving on to question number two. The category was current events. What has the potential to be a landmark case? The estate of what comedian is suing the guys behind the Dudesy podcast after they trained an AI using the comedian's old stand-up routines? They have since released an AI stand-up special on their YouTube channel titled, I'm Glad I'm Dead. What has the potential to be a landmark case? The estate of what comedian is suing the guys behind the Dudesy podcast after they trained an AI using the comedian's old stand-up routines? They have since released an AI stand-up special on their YouTube channel titled, I, I'm Glad I'm Dead. And obviously they are crediting this comedian. I'll lock in. I'll lock in, but I'm not happy. Now you sound like my wife. All right. (laughs) Question number three, your category is in sports. What NFL team is actually named after a man who used to hunt the team's mascot in the late late 19th and early 20th centuries? Say that again. What NFL team is actually named after a man who used to hunt the team's mascot in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. I'll lock in. Sorry, I'm going to take a few minutes on this one. Oh, I'm a, I'm a fucking dumbass. I'll lock in. <laughs> All right. Answers are locked. We're going to go question by question through this in reverse order. Question number three. Your category was sports. What NFL team? What NFL team is actually named after a man who used to hunt the team's mascot in the late 19th and early 20th centuries, drew your answer and your wager. Uh, my wager was 10, and I went with the Buffalo Bills. Mike? Uh, my wager was 30, and I also went with the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, named after Buffalo Bill Cody, is a correct mm-hmm. answer. Drew picking up 10, that brings you to 144. Mike picking up 30, it brings you to 178. It's still anybody's game as we go to question number two. The category was current events. What has the potential to be a landmark case? The estate of what comedian is suing the guys behind the Dudesy podcast after they trained an AI using the comedian's old stand-up routines? They have since released an AI stand-up special on the YouTube channel called I'm Glad I'm Dead. Drew, your answer and your wager. Who is that comedian? Well, I went a little bigger on this one. I went 40 points because I'm decent at current events. Not sure on this one. I just went Richard Pryor. Mike, your answer and your wager. Uh, I went 30 on this one as well. Uh, I, you know, I figured current events, it was very hit or it could be very hit or miss for me. But I thought I remembered something with an AI George Carlin bit being released and the whole I'm glad I'm dead thing also sounded like something that he would say. So I locked in with George Carlin. That was my coin flip. George Carlin is a correct answer. All right. It all comes down to this question. Number one, your category was music. 
Heavy metal band Disturbed has been covering popular songs for a long time, whether it's their heavy metal cover of Land of Confusion or their melodic cover of Sound of Silence, they continue to put their spin on classic songs. But what Tears for Fear song did they cover on their debut album, The Sickness? Drew, your answer and your wager. Well, it's not going to matter, even though uh, I went uh, I went shout and uh, 10 points. So congrats on the, uh, on the win. Mike, your answer and your wager. Uh, yeah, so I went, I went hard on this one and I was, it was, music is a very hit or miss category for me. It's either an insta get or an, I have no fucking clue. Uh, this just happened to be an insta get for me. I believe it was actually called shout 2000 on their debut album. Uh, but it was, it was definitely shout from tears for fears. I wagered 60 on this one. It is 100% shout. It is titled shout 2000. Uh, and with that, Mike, you're going to pick up a, a dominant win that was not dominant throughout the game. The game was close, 268 to 114. Nicely done, sir. I'll be honest. I My wager was at least in part, if I get all of them right, and, and Drew does too and wagers all of his points across all three, I was going to force you to have it come up with a tiebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, that's a dick move, and I love that it. That is. Yep. I, it was, I, no, I was total dick move. No. Yep. <laughs> but no, that was, a, that was a, yeah, as Chris said, that was a great that was a great game. I came this close to shoving all in on uh, current events because it is a pretty strong category for me. Yeah. And it was literally like this on Carlin and Pryor. Oh, man. Uh. That could have that ended up a tie very easily. Yep. That was, a, but it's still a hell of a game to both of you. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't give our friend Drew a chance to go ahead and tell our listeners one more time about his podcast. So, Drew, go ahead and tell our listeners where they can find you. And if they like trivia, they might they might be interested. Which, which one of my podcasts? I was going to say there's two. multiple uh, now. Yeah. There, there are, but like the the emerging Buckspawm Empire. <laughs> yes, yes, it's an empire. It's a vast empire uh so you probably have already heard me on here plugging nerd off so i won't plug that too much uh, i started a new podcast a couple weeks ago called trivia minute it's just a little like fun fact of the day it literally takes uh, a minute or so uh it's hard to get everything to a minute but a minute or so of a fun fact of the day so go check that out it's a little fun uh passion project of mine speaking of passion projects i am also hoping to get to a minute sometime soon <laughs> <laughs> I did that just to see Drew spit his vape everywhere. Oh it's, an, it's a non-messy spit take when it's a vape spit. <laughs> oh my god! How, how, how close are you getting? <laughs> but uh, Mike, you have anything you want to plug tonight, sir? Um, I'll always, I'll always throw out a. I always throw out a shout out to, uh, of course, uh, our, our sister show, Boozy Bracketology. Uh, we've got uh, the 80s movies uh, mega bracket going on right now. Uh, I know a lot of listeners, PT, are also keyed into that, but we're having a ton of fun over there. We're making some uh, <laughs> controversial choices. So, uh, go I messed up the last one. I, 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 I'm saying no more. I'm, I was there. I was hosting. I 
could not do anything. I was just sitting there in stunned silence. Um, but I do. I'll, I'll also quickly plug. Uh, uh, listeners of the podcast have heard our episode that we did of trivia as well. But the the Datacorns, my band, uh, little side project that we have. Uh, our debut AP is still available. Um, uh, Datacorns. That's D A D I C O R N S. It's a unicorn pun. Uh, datacorns.music.bandcamp.com. Our first album's out there. We just recently scheduled studio time for our second album, uh, which will hopefully, I don't know when that's going to be out, but we're recording it in the fall. We're pretty excited about it. We're ironing out the songs. Uh, So uh, come check us out. It's music by parents, for parents, but I think that, you know, kids will enjoy the non-vulgar songs at least. So um, definitely, definitely come give us a listen. We have a good time doing it. and uh, we're really proud of what we've got so far, and we're looking to give get more out there. So, what you got so far is wonderful. But might we also get potentially, possibly, a new jingle for the pub trivia experience? It's been floating <laughs> around in outer space for I feel like three years. I I, I actually do need to finish recording that, and uh, my acoustic guitar, one of the tuning knobs broke, <laughs> so I need to get it. I need to get it in to get fixed but then maybe um maybe during the week of spring break when i have a uh, my wife and kids are going to be out of town for the week i'll have a little free time maybe i'll iron that one out well ladies and gentlemen we hope you enjoyed the show tonight i had a i needed it tonight uh, my power just came back on holy shit <laughs> so i am now in the light basking in the glow of a i guess a Mike mott wind so the glow is really dull <laughs> it's fair but <laughs> Uh, dude, it, I I actually needed this too. This was a wonderful time tonight. It's always a pleasure to hang out with both you gentlemen and drink some good beer and have some good laughs and play some trivia. Love it. Oh, you say good beer. He's having Budweiser. Or I said me drinking good beer. I don't. I, honestly, I don't really give a shit what y'all drink. I'm just gonna enjoy myself. That's true. I'm just clearing out the attic stock over here. Okay. <laughs> I feel that. I feel but that. The Drew, man is treating you. No beer left ah, behind. Fantastic. It's great. It's like Married Life is good. I'm a fan. Yeah. Ten out of ten would recommend for the right. <laughs> yep, exactly. But ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed the show tonight. We had a good time bringing it for you. Uh, go ahead and find Drew's podcast wherever you get podcasts. They are plentiful. They are entertaining. You will have a good time. If you enjoy the work that we bring in, you want to support the show. Uh, ptebb.com will get you to all of the stuff, including our Patreon. Or you can go to right to patreon.com/ptebb. Get you all of our bonus content we drop throughout the week. It's all right there. For the pub trivia experience, I have been Chris. I've been Mike. I've been Drew. And we'll see you next week. Until then, have a good one. <laughs>